morning and welcome to Noah's Window. Hope you're having a great day already. You know, a few days ago, Mary Alice was talking about how on Noah's Window I'd be sharing some bonus material from the sermon that I just finished preaching. I, I want to give you some bonus material today, but not so much from last week's message, just from the series itself and why we're doing the I Follow series. I I've become really concerned, believing that we're in the last days, that many people who claim a relationship with Jesus Christ have issues with that claim. And, and I don't know how serious those issues are. I mean, my, my, my greatest concern is that someone might feel or think that he or she is a Christian and then only for Jesus to come and they wouldn't go because they don't have a real commitment to Christ. And I never wanna scare anyone. And yet at the same time, I think this is a healthy discussion for us to have. Yesterday, I was reading a Christian Post uh, which is a, a Christian news site that I check on. And the Post had an article that said this, that 61% of millennials in America claim to be Christians, but only 2% of millennials have a Christian worldview. So when I read that, I thought, well, how detailed is that Christian worldview? And this was given to us by the Barna Group, who are the gold standard as far as research among religious trends in the United States, and they have been for over 30 years. So when I saw that statistic, I thought, well, maybe there's this long, detailed view of Christianity. But when I read further in the article, there were only like six elements that comprised a Christian worldview. And they were so simple. I thought, how could it be that 61% of American millennials claim to be Christians and yet only 2% of millennials have a Christian worldview? Here, here were the six criteria. Number one, the belief that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. That, number two, God is the all-powerful, all-knowing creator of the universe, and he still rules it today. Number three, salvation is a gift from God, and it can't be earned. Number four, Satan is real. We just talked about that in our series on spiritual warfare. Number five, a Christian has a responsibility to share their faith in Christ with other people, which we did talk about last week. And number six, the Bible is accurate in all its teachings. Those are, those are real, real simple. I mean, those are just like the, the very basic elements of being a Christ follower. How is the 61% of a particular group in the United States claim to be Christians and only 2% believe the very essence of what it means to follow Jesus Christ? But let's not just pick on millennials because when that analysis group looked at all Americans, only 6% of all age groups have a biblical worldview. We need to talk about that today because you know, Jesus asked the question, why do you call me Lord and don't do what I say? And we also have been talking about how that there are people who believe in another Jesus or another gospel. In other words, they've crafted in their minds what they believe Jesus to be, and then they built their lives on that sand that Jesus talked about. So let's talk about faith for just a few moments. For me, when I open the word of God, I know I'm looking at truth. And there, there are many reasons why I believe that. I mean, first and foremost, in my life of following Jesus, there's no, nothing in this book that hasn't proven true in life. I mean, when I open up the newspapers or I watch the news or I read, you know, things that are in, you know, going on in our country today, uh, everything the Bible says bears out. Everything the Bible says about human nature, everything the Bible says about what's going to happen uh, in prophecy, all those things come true just as the Bible says. But I want to make a real point because I, I really believe that when many of these people claim to follow Jesus and yet their beliefs don't line up with the scriptures, 
I think a lot of those people have the idea when God proves to me what he says in his word, then I will have faith. But if I've learned anything in my life, I've learned that proof doesn't bring faith. I mean, there have been so many times when I have proved something really beyond a reasonable doubt to a non-theist or an agnostic, and they still wouldn't accept it. Proof does not bring faith. Faith brings proof. Never forget this. Faith is a supernatural thing. Faith is the gift of God. Faith is what God puts in your heart that allows us to believe the truth. Now, let me be real clear on something. When I say that faith brings proof, I'm not talking about confirmation bias. And that's the idea that when a person believes something that all the evidence they see after that supports that belief. I'm not talking about confirmation bias. I'm talking about when, when I put faith and confidence in God's word, it's like God shows me why it's true. And the faith, the, the proof always comes later. Let me close with this. One of the greatest stories in American history of the 20th century comes from something that happened in the life of Billy Graham. You know, I, I'm finding myself more and more having to explain who Billy Graham is. Uh, if you're in my age group or even a little younger, you know that Billy Graham gave the gospel to more people than any human being in history. I mean, his television, his television broadcasts, his, his preaching went all over the world. He was the counselor to every president after Harry Truman. In fact, there were presidents like George Bush before the Iraq War, uh, the first Iraq War, uh, that he, he stayed in the White House the night before and prayed with the president. So no person that I know of has ever had more influence in the history of the world uh, for Jesus Christ other than Christ and perhaps the Apostle Paul than Billy Graham. But what you might not know about Billy Graham was when he was a very young preacher, he was preaching for an organization called Youth for Christ, and he was partnered with another preacher who Billy Graham said was a very charismatic speaker, and his name was Chuck Templeton. But as they preached uh, and you know did these events for Youth for Christ, Chuck Templeton became more and more um, enamored of modern thought and liberal theology. And the time came when he began to say he didn't believe the Bible anymore, and unfortunately, uh, his life really ended in, in definitely spiritual tragedy, if not in just life tragedy itself. But in those days when Chuck and Billy were having their discussions, Billy knew he had to make up his mind one way or the other whether the Bible was the word of God or not. This is a long story, and I probably shouldn't take this much time telling it, but just, just hang with me for a minute. The year is 1949, and Billy Graham is a young evangelist for Youth for Christ. He's invited up to California to speak at a camp called Forest Home. And the person who is putting this camp together is a, is a hero, Mary Alice is in mind. In fact, I would say the person who had the greatest influence for Jesus in the 20th century is a woman named Henrietta Mears, single, never married, uh, taught at a church in Minneapolis and ultimately went to a church in Hollywood, California and had a huge influence for God. But the reason I say that she's the most influential Christian uh, in the 20th century was that she had a major impact on Billy Graham and also on Bill Bright, who, who founded Campus Crusade. But that's for another story. Maybe you can get Morales to tell it to you sometime. But anyway, Henrietta Mears uh, had invited Billy Graham out to Forest Home Camp to speak. And she took a lot of grief for it because Billy was a part of her denomination. But while he was out there, he just had these internal debates that were going on because of his discussions with Chuck Templeton. Is the Bible the word of God or not? I was reading a, a, a 
an article written by Will Graham, Billy Graham's grandson, and he, he was writing how that Billy Graham went out one night and laid his Bible on a stump, and he said, Father, I have to know, as he prayed, Father, I have to know if this is your will or not. And then he reached this point. He said, I'm going to accept this as your word by faith. I'm going to allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubts. I believe this to be your inspired word. Billy Graham would later say that he felt a power that night that he had never felt or at least hadn't felt before in months. But he did know this. He said a major bridge had been crossed. Well, the change didn't go unnoticed because the next day Henrietta Muir said after listening to Billy Graham preach that he preached with an authority that she hadn't seen from him before. And that day, 400 people made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Well, just a little history. That experience at Forest Home Camp out in California was just a few weeks before Billy Graham would open a crusade in Los Angeles, California. Uh, it was only supposed to last, I think, a couple of weeks, but it went on to last eight, uh, two months. And in that crusade, in that campus cathedral, God just showed up in a major way. Hollywood actors were saved. I mean, it, 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 was, it was on the front page of major news magazines in the United States. And the rest, as they say, is history. And as I said, Billy Graham preached real, really until the end of his life. I mean, he didn't get to go out and do meetings like he did, but even uh, with video recordings, he continued to preach the gospel and nobody saw more uh, individuals come to faith in Christ through his preaching and teaching than Billy Graham in the history of the world. I, I say that for a reason. Whatever you believe, if you believe the Bible to be the Word of God, or if you believe the Bible is completely wrong and you go by whatever the world teaches, you're not going to have proof for everything. At the end of the day, there are two narratives for this world system. There is what this world thinks and what God says in His Word. And every single one of us has to determine which of those narratives we are going to choose. A long time ago in my life, I really struggled with a lot of questions. But I know that the more I begin to read God's word, and the more I begin to see what God had to say, the more it began to build faith in my life. The Bible says faith comes by hearing or by knowing the word of God. And that hearing comes from God's word. I would challenge you today that in this dark age that we live in, I think we're right up to the coming of the Lord. You and I have to decide what we're going to believe for me, it's settled. This book answers my questions. And beyond that, I have an assurance that's spiritual. I have an assurance that's powerful. It's like the more I trust God's word, the more God builds up something in my spirit that confirms that this is true. It is God's word. Not confirmation bias, it's faith. And so uh, I pray that you'll, if you're a New Springer, that you'll continue to be with us in this series because each week we're unpacking the very basics of the Christian life. You know, I would just find it tragic beyond description for a person to be at New Spring Church and uh, hear the teaching and the preaching and even love the things that happen at New Spring and yet somehow miss the very core, the very understanding. I was just rocked by 61% of millennials claim to be Christians and only 2% have a simple biblical worldview. We have to choose. My choice is made. I think most of you have made that choice. If you have, then let it be solidified. And if you haven't yet, I want you to 
Think like Billy Graham and say to yourself, either this is true or it's false. And if it's true, I'm going to believe it. Let's pray. Father God, faith is so important. Help us to remember that faith never comes by having complete proof. In fact, as we've said today, I've seen people who've had that proof and still rejected. But, oh God, I pray that we would have the courage to trust what you have to say and then receive that miraculous proof that comes by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this day, and thank you for the opportunity to share together these truths in Noah's window. And I pray your blessing upon every person who watches today and every member of their family. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm glad you joined us for Noah's Window today. Don't forget to check out the music playlist for Noah's Window. I'm sure there's a song there that's going to speak to your heart. So until next time, we'll see you soon.